Welcome to the Word Ministry of Resurrection Church, where Dr. Joseph G. Matera is the senior pastor and presiding bishop. We trust that the following message will be a blessing. Open up your hearts and allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you through the preaching and teaching of one of God's choice servants. Uh, We're kicking off today a collection of talks entitled Death to Life, Death to Life. And so I want to invite you to turn in your scripture to Ephesians chapter 2. That's where we're going to kind of kick things off today. Um, And I'm really believing that through this series uh, that God is just going to speak to us as a church, that he is going to increase our faith and ultimately that our identity will be rooted and grounded in who Christ is and what he has done for us. And so I'm just going to open up and I'm going to dive straight into today, um, reading in Ephesians chapter 2. This is the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Ephesus. And he says, And you were dead in the trespasses and sin in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of our body and mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind." But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love which he has for us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus, if you guys would join me in prayer today. Father, we just thank you for 2021. God, I thank you that this is the day that the Lord has made, that we get to rejoice in it. Father, I just ask that as we dive into your scripture today, God, that your gospel is proclaimed, that your name is famous in this place today, God. Speak to us where we need to be spoken to, God. Bring conviction where there needs to be conviction. God, bring encouragement where there needs to be encouragement. And Father, we just ask most of all that today you would receive all glory and honor and praise in this house. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. So um, I know some of you guys are getting to know me, and I want to kind of tell you a little bit about my, my backstory. I was born in Mississippi, Gulfport, Mississippi, which is right on the coast. Uh, and so if you remember Hurricane Katrina, that's right where Hurricane Katrina kind of came in. And uh, I grew up in Southeast Texas. And so um, born in Gulfport, Mississippi, grew up in Southeast Texas. And everyone in Texas is known to have a truck. And I don't know if this is like just a Texas thing. I'm going to go on and say for the record that it is a Texas thing. But if you're a guy, you have to have a truck. And the way that you measure your manliness is how big the tires on your truck are. I kid you not. Um, And so my father, whenever I was 17 years old, he um, decided to go out and buy me a truck and then leave me with the truck payment. He's like, happy birthday, son. Now here's the payment. You have to pay for it. And I was like, all right. And so I got a 2003 or 2004, one of the two, right before they switched over to the newer model, um, F-150 standard pickup truck, and I thought that I was a boss, 
all right? And so um, my family decided to go to Miami. My sister was getting married, and I was like, you know what? I want to drive to Miami uh, by myself, and, um, and so I invited a few friends. I was like, we're going to go to Miami, and I don't want to ride with my parents because I'm 17 years old, and I think that I know it all, and I've got it all together, right? And so on the way to Miami, we stopped to visit family in Mississippi, in Gulfport, Mississippi. And something um, about, about Mississippians is they are very country bumpkins, all right? And they invited us to go mudding. That's right, I said that correctly, mudding. They invited us to go mudding, uh, which is probably how it should be pronounced, which essentially consists of taking your vehicle, whether it's a Jeep or your truck or your ATV, and you're going to go in as much water and mud as you can with the point of trying to get out of it and getting as filthy and dirty as you possibly can. And so I was like, this is a brilliant idea. And so I took my F-150 truck, which, you know, I had had for about nine months now, and I was driving all the time, so it's got, you know, 30 or 40,000 miles on it, um, and I decide, let's go mudding. Now, get down in there, um, and I'm telling you, man, it was one of the best times of my teenage years, all right? It was also one of the stupidest times. I'll get to that in a second, uh, but it was one of the best times of my teenage years, and so I, I finished mudding and, and brought the truck and, and got it all washed off so that whenever I got to Miami with the rest of my family, my dad wouldn't yell at me. And so I get to Miami, my sister gets married, and then we, we turn around and we're driving back down to Texas, now, uh, or back up to Texas, I should say. And on the way back, one of the guys riding with me, he goes, hey, Michael, I have a brilliant idea. I was like, all right, let's, let's hear your brilliant idea. What would happen... If you take the truck and you go from fifth gear and you put it into first gear on the interstate. And I was like, well, you know, Corey, I have no idea, but that sounds like a great idea. Has anyone ever done this? I didn't think so. That's because it's not a great idea. And so I took my truck and my standard, and I moved it from fifth gear, pushed down the clutch, brought it over, pushed it up into first gear, and I'm like, it's not going. He's like, well, try harder. And I'm like, ah, oh. snap, whole truck locks up. I'm on the Florida Turnpike or the, the, the Sun Belt, whatever they call it, and I'm driving, and my entire truck locks up and I just start praying, God, I have no idea what I just did, but I need your grace and your help, all right? So blew the clutch, blew the transmission. So I called my dad, who was about two or three miles behind me driving back, and I said, Dad, I think something just happened with my truck. And he's like, all right, son. And so we, we get there, and we're right outside of Orlando, and we bring it into um, a shop and stuff. And then my dad comes in a few hours later, and he goes, hey, Michael, why is there mud all over the engine of your truck? And I was like, I thought we cleaned that off. Here's the point of my story. My father was gracious enough I totally screwed up, cost him probably three or $4,000, which back in 2004, 2005, that was a lot of money, right? Um, and, and ended up having this massive expense, but then he gave me back my truck and I got into it. And what was running not so great was running as good as new, as good as new. I, I think that whenever the apostle Paul 
starts in this letter, he's talking about the goodness of God in Ephesians chapter one and how we have been predestined and we have been pre-selected. But in chapter two, he takes this massive shift. And if you read just verses one through three, it sounds like the apostle Paul is very angry and very mad. And so I wanna kind of say this as we dive into today's message. This message is gonna start out really bad, but it's gonna end really good. Is that okay? It's gonna start out really bad and it's gonna end really good. And I think that it's only appropriate since 2020 was so bad that as we go into 2021, we we remember the bad, but we look forward to what God is going to do, all right? And so the Apostle Paul, he starts out this and he is um, graphically describing the sinful nature of humanity. He is graphically describing our sinful nature. And he says this in, in verse one, and you were dead in your trespasses and sin. And I think sometimes we look at that and we're like, okay, we were dead in our trespasses and sin. And we don't think that much about it. But he's literally saying, another translation says that you have been desensitized to the things of God. And so right now, we live in a world, we live in a culture, even in 2021, whenever everyone is all about what we feel and about the spirit and about new age, where people are out there searching for something, but they are desensitized to the things of God because they are not connected to the Heavenly Father through Jesus Christ. And so let me just put it this way, we live in a world with a bunch of walking dead people. A bunch of walking dead people. And some of you in here today, you might be sitting here and be like, well, I kind of feel desensitized. This may be you as well. But Paul doesn't stop there. He, he continues on. He says, in which you once walked, following the courses of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. And so he says you're dead or you're desensitized from God in your trespasses, in your sins. And the main reason is because there's something else that's at work in your life and it is not God. It is the prince of darkness, a.k.a. Satan, the devil. And he is roaring around and he is going through to see who he can seek and destroy. And I'm telling you that he is going after people now more than ever before. And how do I know this? Because we live in a society and we live in a culture that what is righteous and what is right is considered weird and what is wrong and sinful and bad is celebrated in our society. And this is a problem that is taking place in all of humanity. I I saw, I think it was a week or or two ago, whenever Argentina passed their their pro-choice bill and the thousands of people out in the streets celebrating the fact that there are gonna be babies who are gonna be aborted. And I'm like, are you serious? What has our world gotten to that we celebrate and we elevate sin, but righteousness and holiness, we push out and, and we want nothing to do with it? It's because our world is under the influence of the prince of darkness. Our world is under the influence of sin. Our world is under the influence. He, he continues on in verse three. He says, among whom we have all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of our body and mind. And we were by nature children of wrath. Ouch, Paul, like the rest of mankind. Kind. Paul right here, he is describing the old you, BC, before Christ. 
He's saying, this is how you once were. You were dead to God. You were desensitized to God. You were following the cultural trends. You were living for whatever felt good inside, whatever made you happy. You were, I love this, I love this. And I don't know if people say this a lot down here in Brooklyn, but I know up in Albany, New York, I'm just gonna follow my heart. Listen to your heart, right? Isn't that like Celine Dion or something? I don't know, but like, just listen to your heart. It's okay, sweetie, just listen to your heart. And my mom would say, bless your heart, Michael, just listen to it, right? Um, she's a Southern woman. And so, but like, we, we have told people to follow your heart and to follow your feelings and you can do and be and, and act whatever particular way you want to, to do. And I, I think if there's one thing that we've learned throughout 2020 that we are not able to like um, get our minds completely around this and that it, there's some brokenness that's taking place. And, and, and let me just ask you this, all right? Let's just straight talk right now. It's 2021, and if you've been following your feelings, if you've been following your heart, how's that working out for you? How's, how's that working? It's not working. It's absolutely not working. And we have built a society and a culture that is all about how we feel, what makes us happy, and we have missed the grand narrative of what God is desiring and wanting to do. Even if you jump back all the way to the garden, it was their selfishness that then led them to sin and that, that led them to break that covenant with God. Sin entered into this world, and for thousands and thousands and thousands of years, humanity has been focused on one thing and it's called themselves. Let's get selfish. Let's get, 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 do, 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 buy, buy, buy. And we wonder why we're empty inside. We wonder why there's all of these problems. We live in a society that has built a culture on worshiping creation instead of worshiping the creator. And I believe that God wants to drastically and radically transform that. And then Paul says this, and like, like, this is not the best message, Paul. Like, you know, could you imagine being in the church in Ephesus and like, you're following the prince of darkness and then you're children of God's wrath. Like, well, I love you too, Paul. Hashtag blessed. But he literally says, he says that you are by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. Like, I, I don't know what has happened in our culture and in our society, and sometimes even within the context of the church, but we've gotten away from this idea that God hates sin, and we think that, oh, it, it's okay. And so church, I just wanna kinda echo this, the words of Paul right here. God hates our sin. He does. He he. God can't even look at sin. And God was looking at humanity and creation, destroying itself and, and burning things up and all of this junk that was going on. And he said, you know what? I can't allow this to happen any longer. I've got to do something. And then this part right here, Paul gives this colossal transition from talking about death and darkness and sin and trespasses. And he says, hold on, hold on, Ephesus. This church in Ephesus, hold on, hold on, Res Church, but God, 
but God, and I just need to throw this out there. I'm so glad he didn't say, but Michael, or but Pastor Joyce, or but Bishop Joe. It is not anything that we can do. It is but God. This is why we gather on Sundays, and we lift up our hands, and we sing. This is why we give. This is why we take communion. This is why we worship. This is why I get up here, and I'm so loud right now. I know. Because it's God who is rich in mercy because of his great love for us. Man, can I just say that Sundays, Sundays should be a big celebration. Sundays should be a massive celebration. I've had a hard week, but God. I was once dead, but God. I was once addicted to something, but God. I was once bound by pornography, but God. I was once in financial trouble, but God. My marriage was falling apart, but God. God stepped in, and I believe that this year, 2021, is a year of but God, when humanity is about to start turning their face back to the goodness of our Heavenly Father. But God, who is rich, in mercy. Rich in mercy simply means that his wrath that should be poured out on you, he spared you because of Jesus Christ. He continues on in, in verse five, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. He's saying you were dead, and even when you were dead in your trespasses, God loved you so much. God was seeking after you. He was going after you that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, into this world so that you can be saved. And how are you saved? By grace, you have been saved, which means you can't do it. You can't do it. Do you know what religion says? Religion says you work, you obtain, you go after it, you try to find it. Do you know what grace says? Come to me and look at what I've done because you're my child. That's what grace says. He continues on. And you see what takes place in verses four and five. And, and then in verse six, man, I just love this. You see that he's talking about how you were once desensitized to God, but now you are sensitized to God. You were once dead, but now you are being made alive. You are aware of the goodness of God. And in verse six, and he raised us up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. I cannot wrap my mind around this. I can't. Because what we see Paul talking about right here is not only are we saved from our sins, not only are we then um, transformed and sensitized to the things of God and the, uh, the, the being of God and him being alive and active in our life, but God then changes our position and sets us in heavenly places. And in Romans 8, it even says that we are co-heirs with Christ Jesus. This is a position change that takes place whenever we become followers of Jesus Christ. 
This is a literal transformation that takes place in our heart. And you know what? We were once dead and bound for eternal damnation. And God said, you know what? I'm going to save them by grace. You have been saved through Jesus Christ. Set you over here. Now you're going to be seated in heavenly places. Whenever you look at yourself in the mirror, how many of you guys, don't raise your hands for this, right? But how many of you guys, you said it's January 1st, I'm going to hit the gym And then you said to yourself, it's January 2nd, I'm gonna hit the gym tomorrow. And you've already said, I'm gonna start on Monday. Don't raise your hand. Or that diet, I'm gonna eat healthy. I'm gonna start in January 1st. I'll be the first to admit. But Jesus literally is transforming us. Literally is transforming us. He's saying, hey, You don't have to work towards anything. There's sanctification. That's a whole other talk for another day. But this is who you are. And so whenever you let yourself down and you look in the mirror, you get right in front of that mirror and you start saying to yourself, I can't believe I did this. I was supposed to be, you know, working out today and I just didn't have time and I'm just a failure, all this stuff. Do you know that your heavenly father does not look at you that way? Your heavenly father looks at you and says, no, you are my son, or no, you are my daughter, and I have seated you in heavenly places. You are transformed. You are made in my image. He continues on in verses eight and nine. For by grace, you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. I love that. I love that. And if you're not a Jesus follower and you're here today, or maybe you're listening to this later on and you're not a Jesus follower and you're, you're kind of saying, okay, this is, this is kind of cool. I'm, I'm starting to, to get all this. Man, this is the simplicity of the gospel of Jesus Christ right here. That while we were still sinners, while we were broken, While we were outcast, while we were addicted, God, who is rich in mercy, rich in mercy has saved us. And it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. This is not your doing. It is the gift of God. You know, as we go into 2021, my challenge for you is maybe this is the year that you stop trying to fix it all. Maybe this is the year that you surrender that over to Christ. Maybe this is a year where you say, you know what? I'm just gonna stand firm on the promises of God. I'm gonna do my part. You still need to do your part. But the results are not up to me. The results are up to your heavenly father. Even John 15 says, you abide in me and I will abide in you. You don't focus on the fruit. Our responsibility is to get connected to the branch. And so maybe this is a year where you stop trying to fix it and you start praying more. Maybe this is a year where you stop trying to make your finances be perfect and you start trusting God and giving more. Maybe this is a year where you start, um, where you stop trying, or you, you start, you stop trying to read all these self-help books and you actually get into the word of God. Maybe this is a year where you genuinely pursue Jesus because you have been sensitized to the goodness of God. 
It's the simple gospel, man. You can play. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your doing. It is a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. And I love this, verse 10, and I'm going to have a very real conversation with you guys in just a second. For we are his worksmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we should walk in them. So this is who you were. You were dead, you were desensitized, you were broken, you were a a person who was deserving of God's justified wrath. But God, who is rich in mercy, saved you, not only saved you, redeemed you, is in the process of sanctifying you, seated you in heavenly places, changed your position, adopted you as a son or daughter of God, and you didn't do anything. It was all the grace of God. It was all the goodness of God, all the mercy of God. And then he says, and you are his workmanship. You are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk into it. He saved you, redeemed you, sanctified you, filled you with the Holy Ghost. And now we have work to do. Last night, got in on the train and um, decided to go to a place and experience the outdoor dining. I haven't been to a restaurant in a very long time and probably very similar to many of you guys. I'm sitting at this restaurant last night and we're just having a conversation about Jesus, about God and about church and, and everything. And um, I'm freezing, I'm freezing. Even though I live in Albany, it is cold. Just throwing it out there. If you haven't done it, don't, I get it. It's not the most pleasant experience. But I'm sitting there and I'm eating my hamburger and supposed to be fasting, supposed to be on the Daniel fast and obviously I messed that up and gonna start that again today. So whenever I talk about that, I'm literally preaching to myself. And this woman turns around, I think her name was Lindsay, and she starts up a conversation with us. She's like, where are you guys from? What are you doing? Where are you, you know? And, and I, I don't know about you if you've ever been put in these moments, but as a pastor, it's always really awkward whenever it's like, so what do you do? And it's like, oh, I'm a pastor. And it's like, oh. I'm gonna stay over here. It's like, and then the, the best is, you know, I can't come to church. The walls are gonna burn down. And in Albany, we just tell them, the good thing is the walls are made of cement. And so they're not gonna burn down. You don't have to worry about that. But she starts talking and, and stuff, and so she asks, you know, what are you down here for? And it's like, you know, we're from Albany, and we're, we're down here, and um, I'm speaking tomorrow at, at this church, just kind of right out the gate, and, you know, not exactly sure what was going to happen. And, and I was expecting her to look at me and just, okay, and then go about her merry way, but she didn't. She stuck around for 30 minutes and engaged in conversation. 
engaged in conversation, asked questions, shared a little bit about her life. I learned that she loves music. I learned that, that she uh, works for a hedge fund. I, I learned that she, you know, she was explaining somewhere where she lives and, and stuff. And we're sitting there just having this dialogue, this conversation, and I'm leaving there. And I'm like, you know what, God? There's work that needs to be done in Brooklyn, New York. There is work that needs to be done. And right now, as we go into 2021, there is work that only you can do. And God has gifted you. He has ordained you. He has predestined you. He has anointed you. He is sanctifying you right now because you have got work to do. And there are people in your sphere of influence that God is going to bring in front of you that he has called you and only you to reach. And scripture says, God prepared beforehand that we should walk in it. We should walk in the good work. And so as we go into 2021, I have five points to kind of close this out. And my hope is that you'll come back next week and the following week and the following week and that God will start to transform us as we start to talk about what it is to be transformed from death to life and to walk in this new life that God has given us in a new year. But the first one I have is you, if you call yourself a follower of Jesus Christ and you believe through faith that you have been saved by grace, then you are now sensitized to the things of God. You have been made alive by the things of God. And so my first point is I want to challenge you to grow in your desire with God in 2021. Well, Michael, what does that look like? It's simple. Prayer, worship, scripture. Repeat. Prayer, worship, scripture. Repeat. Well, I don't feel like it. Prayer, worship, scripture. Repeat. Well, I'm having a rough day. Prayer, worship, scripture. Well, right now I'm not seeing a breakthrough. Well, maybe you need to be worshiping a little bit harder. Prayer, worship, scripture, repeat. Number two is I want to challenge you this year, when you fail, and you will fail, to remember your position as a child of God, that you are not what society says, you are not what your parents said, you are not what the abusive boyfriend said, you are not what you experienced over here, you are not what the coworker said, and by God, you are not what social media says. You are a son or a daughter of the high king, and you are anointed and robed in his majesty. So remember your position. God, I thank you that I'm a child of God. Man, I'm telling you, this is the biggest struggle that I have. My insecurities start flying up right there, and I literally have to get in my car or look in the mirror and say, I am a child of God. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. And preach that to yourself. Number two, remember your position. Number three, stop trying to fix yourself. You can't do it. If you could, then you would have fixed yourself and so would have 7.5 billion other people and we wouldn't be in the problem that we are right now as a society. Stop trying to fix it and turn to Jesus. Turn your problem to Jesus. Well, Michael, I don't know how. Great prayer, worship, scripture. Prayer, worship, scripture. Number four, leave the past in the past. Let's leave 2020 where 2020 was. It had its place, it had its time, God did some great things, but let's leave the past in the past. 
who we were then is not going to be who we are today. And it is who we are today is not going to be who we will be a year from now. Paul writes and talks about how we grow from one degree of glory to another. You may not see your progress, but through prayer, worship, and scripture, you keep diving in and getting into that stuff. Five years from now, you're going to look back and you're going to be like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe what Jesus has done in my life. And then number five is let's get to work. Let's get to work. Because there are people who need to hear the saving grace this message of hope, this message of humanity, heaven hope of Jesus Christ. Prayer, worship, scripture. Remember your position. Stop trying to fix yourself. Leave your past in the past and let's get to work. Now all of that is predicated upon you being a follower of Jesus Christ. And so if you're here today and you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, or maybe you have turned your heart from Christ and you've just kind of been doing your own thing and you're saying, you know what, it's a new year, I need to re-up my commitment to Jesus, man, I wanna give you that opportunity to do that. I would like us all to just bow our heads and close our eyes and if that's you in this building, if you would just real quick, on the count of three, I just want you to slip up your hand if you've never said yes to Jesus or you need to re-up your commitment with Jesus, if that's you, one, Jesus loves you. Two, I believe you will never be the same. Three, if that's you, thank you. Thank you. Father, I just thank you for the hands that were lifted today, God, and I just ask that you would transform people's hearts. Father, we thank you that you are our Savior, that we can't fix our life. We can't fix our addiction. We can't fix our, our brokenness that only that you can. And you did it through the power of the cross. But you didn't stay on that cross. That you overcame death and sin and you rose again. And you have sent your spirit. And so, Father, we just ask and we say thank you for salvation. God, thank you for an opportunity that when we fall down, we can get back up. And God, I just pray for everyone who lifted their hand as well as everyone who is hearing the sound of my voice, God, that this is a year that is marked with your glory, with your honor, and with your praise, and that this will be our best years yet, despite what society may say, that this is the church's finest hour. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody says, amen. amen. If you guys would just stand with me, I believe the team is going to lead us in one more song. And we're just going to, we're going to worship. We're going to worship. And let me just say this, as, as we worship today, but God. And so if you don't feel like worshiping, remember what God has done in your life. And let's make a declaration right now that this is the year. This is the year of God's grace and justice and mercy and new life. And we're going to praise him for it. Amen? Amen. We trust that you were blessed. For more information regarding our church, please go to our website at www.resurrectionchurchofny.com or call 718-436-0242, extension 0.